the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Details are still fluid, developing from a mass shooting in a Brooklyn subway station this morning. It occurred about 8.30 a.m. We will keep you abreast of all the details as they become available today here on the Bruce Hooley Show. Tuesday edition, we will speak with Dr. Jeff Heyman, Dean of the uh, School of Economics at Cedarville University, just after the top of the noon hour, because Dr. Jeff Heyman, with 29 years in the Air Force, is an outstanding source on how Ukraine can possibly win the war against Russia, and because Dr. Heyman has sat in meetings regarding his service in the Air Force with Elon Musk. So he'll give us his perspective of the uh, Tesla and SpaceX entrepreneur and what he might have up his sleeve as it regards Twitter. Inflation numbers are way up. You knew they would be when the White House tried to get in front of it by saying, oh, they're going to be high, but don't worry. Uh, highest in 41 years, month over month. Consumer prices rose 8.5% in March, over March of 2021, slightly above expectations, and wages continue to go down. So uh, Joe Biden's economy is reflecting the poor choices and uh, idiotic policy that he has put forward since becoming our president a little over one year Ago, What occurred today in New York, to give you the details as we have them, a horrific scene. The thing about this that is different from the main, you know, comparison that we will make, of course, in everyone's mind is an early morning news event, New York City. We all instantly go to 9-11. That was an era where the preponderance of camera phones, the technology was not such that we could get instant graphic details of what occurred from ordinary citizens. Uh, The pictures that have been sent by people who were in the subway are um, extremely graphic, extremely disturbing, disturbing, very bloody, and there are always in these situations myriad reports and picking the one that will not prove to be horrifically inaccurate later on is very difficult to do. It is uh, somewhat surprising that two and a half hours into this, we've still not had a briefing, an official briefing from New York City police, from the FBI, from anybody connected uh, to the investigation via law enforcement. A shooting took place at a a Brooklyn subway station, peak commuting hours, so whoever did it, and he's not in custody, Described as a five foot five inch black male uh, wearing an orange vest that some people initially mistook as 
a transit uniform, uh, now reported that it was not an official transit uniform, but that there were uh, shots fired, people hit, officials confirmed 13 injured. Uh, I am not from New York City, but there's a possibility that some of you may be, so I'll give you the exact location. The 36th Street Station in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. There has not yet been any official confirmation of how many people uh, lost their lives in this shooting, but they do confirm that the suspect is still at large. There was someone who came off the train, which was filled with smoke, and there were explosive devices found but not detonated. But there was a tremendous amount of smoke coming out of the train car as people exited in a panic. Was that from the detonation of an explosive device, or was that simply from the exchi- the uh, the uh, discharge of gunfire in an enclosed space? We don't know that yet. I would assume that will be a detail that we will get uh, as details become available. Uh, initial reports were that there was smoke on the train. That's what called uh, attention to it from the fire department. But, uh, of course, then as people came staggering off the train with very, very debilitating injuries and blood everywhere. Uh, There is a photo circulating out there that shows several people lying on a blood-soaked station floor. Um, One appears to be applying pressure or a tourniquet to one man's leg. Um, Very disturbing to see this. And, of course, anything that happens like this in New York, of course, calls to mind uh, 9-11. So, what this person's motives are, agenda, financing, we don't know. Will they find him? Uh, the one thing that you would count on in this situation is that there would be, because of New York City's prominence and, unfortunately, because of its placement as a high target for terrorists, cameras should be able to give us a record of the time this happened and show the person. Fox is reporting that the cameras in the subway at this particular location were inoperable at the time of the shooting. But we do have one video that shows a man with a gas mask on. And if you have a gas mask on a train when people are going to work, it's 830 in the morning, remember, work starts 9 a.m., Kids go to school, parents on that train, taking kids to school. This was extremely intentional, timed up to inflict maximum casualties. The presence of explosive devices conveys that uh, despicable thought. Thankfully, the explosive devices did not detonate. And we don't know if that's a malfunction or if that's, I suppose we should allow for the possibility that the person who did it was... um, overcome by the gravity of what he was about to do and did not detonate the devices. You would think if you placed them and if you're evil enough to shoot people that you're probably going to go all the way through with it. But thankfully, uh, he did not, or devices did not detonate. So uh, we will have, in the aftermath of this, if it hasn't already started, we will have Twitter outcry, we will have uh, social media outcry, and the Democrats will use this, of course, to underscore what they are constantly uh, squalling about, which is a need for confiscation of firearms, 
from the hands of law-abiding citizens. Joe Biden yesterday issued a directive that he says will wipe out uh, ghost guns, which are guns that have been manufactured and are untraceable. Um, This is another cosmetic fix, not a fix that will really help with anything. Uh, But has there been a Biden policy yet that has helped with anything? (laughs) Not one that I know of. So the president was supposed to be scheduled to go to Iowa today. I don't know. Will he go through with it? Maybe. Uh, But it would seem like if anybody in his comms department has an ounce of common sense, which I just guess I should not even introduce that possibility, given what I've seen out of this administration so far on all manner of uh, own goals. But I can't imagine that he would go through with the trip to Iowa, given this tragic loss of life in Brooklyn, New York this morning. So that is where we are. As we begin a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show, we'll be back with more details on inflation. And one of the Ohio gubernatorial candidates uh, thinks he has a fix to right the wrong of locking our kids out of schools during COVID. Uh, Shockingly, it makes possible or would make possible uh, teachers, unions, and public schools getting their hands on kids more than they already have them on. We'll give the details on that next here on the Bruce Hooley Show. A manhunt underway in Brooklyn for a shooting suspect. 13 injured, Brooklyn subway station. There are preliminary reports that five people have died in this shooting, but we don't have confirmation yet. We don't have an official statement from New York City police, from the FBI, from ATF, or from anybody else. There's a huge police presence, as you might imagine, and we await details. Occurred at 8.30 this morning. They have a massive, massive law enforcement presence there, but shooter got away. Out of the subway, exited a train car filled with smoke, victim stumbling off. He's wearing a gas mask. And away he goes, and uh, no one, as of this point, has uh, identified anyone or no one has been detained as a shooter. So we'll keep you abreast of those details as they occur. At 12.05 today, we'll talk uh, with Dr. Jeff Heyman of Cedarville University. He's an economics expert. Inflation today, highest in 41 years, March 2022 over March 2021. Uh, Food, energy, housing costs account for the gain. Also, with prices rising, wages are falling, not at all keeping pace with inflation. Uh, Real earnings, despite rising 5.5% from a year ago, are not keeping pace with the cost of living. Hourly earnings posted a seasonally adjusted 0.8% decline for the month, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Not according to Fox, not according to Daily Wire, not according to... Daily Caller or any conservative site. No, it's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And so I'm sure this will be uh, labeled by the administration as it was yesterday, as Putin's price hike. But it is not Putin's price hike. It is Joe Biden's price hike. So his policies are an epic failure. His leadership is completely inadequate. 
And all of us are prisoner to it until we can get to the midterm elections and hopefully a red wave will dominate. And uh, it's an interesting perspective Mitch McConnell had the other day. The Senate minority leader said that if the Republicans take over the Senate and if they take over the House, that will force Joe Biden to be the moderate he ran as. I don't know about that one. I think Mitch is presuming that Joe is actually in control and calling the shots. I'm not sure he is. But one thing that makes that possible, I guess, is the fact that there is just, is anyone really of the opinion that Joe Biden is going to run for re-election in 2024? I mean, like, the whole idea of him running for president this time, and at least his third attempt, and winning the presidency was to crown his career political resume, extensive as it is, with the ultimate maraschino cherry of the presidency. And now that he has achieved that, I don't think he wants it on his resume that he lost a presidential election, although he probably wouldn't lose. People are so completely, ridiculously locked into their political ideology. He would not lose like McGovern did. He would not lose uh, in a landslide because now states, they're what, six, seven toss-up states? People are just so locked into what they feel like is their birthright as a Democrat or a Republican that performance, the old Reagan line, are you better off now than you were four years ago? That doesn't work anymore. Yeah, no, I'm not better off than I was four years ago, but I'm a Democrat, and I'm going to stay a Democrat. And even the knuckleheads who leave California and move to Arizona, because of the policies of Democrats in California, when they move to Arizona, they stay Democrat. That's how Arizona turns purple from being bright red. Well, here in Ohio, we're trending toward being more bright red, thankfully. But the governor's race is going to be, I think... Interestingly competitive, depending upon how bad Mike DeWine gets hurt in the primary. And he will get hurt in the primary. Jim Renacci, Joe Blystone are going to gain a block of votes that will demonstrate that there is, I don't know about widespread, but there is enough unrest among the Republican Party voters in the state of Ohio to indicate displeasure with a sitting governor. Now, think about that. We are a state that is trending more toward Republican. DeWine is a career office holder with unchallenged name recognition in this race. No so many more people know Mike DeWine over who are the who are the other people if you're going to pick out of the field of candidates who could conceivably win? Do people know Mike DeWine more than they know Jim Renacci? Yes. Do they know him more than they know Joe Blystone? Yes. Do they know him more than they know Nan Whaley, the Democratic mayor of Dayton? Yes, of course. Do they know him more than they know John Cranley, the Democratic mayor of Cincinnati? Yeah. He probably DeWine probably has better name recognition than all four of those other candidates combined. Combined. And yet, and yet, he will, I predict, weather the May primary. And the takeaway will be, yeah, Mike DeWine got the nomination, but look how many people in his own party are not happy with him. Now, I've said before that the general will be an easier slog for him. 
but it might not be as easy as we anticipate if if he squeaks by or wins the primary by a margin that is eye-opening in its closeness. Now, Nan Whaley, the Democratic mayor of Dayton, will use today's shooting in Brooklyn uh, to uh, bolster her efforts, given the mass shooting in Dayton a few years ago in the Oregon District, that you know we need to confiscate all the guns in the state of Ohio. John Cranley, the Democrat from Cincinnati, is not that crazy, but today he proposes something that It might be well-intentioned, but anything Democrats do with schools, I'm inherently suspicious of. He is proposing that we spend money that's sitting around from the COVID relief package on summer school for all Ohio school children. He says, I believe this is a moral imperative, and we have the money to do it. All we need is the political will. So, of course, he's blaming it on Republicans right away because we control the General Assembly. He would require, John Cranley would, all Ohio school districts to offer a free six-week summer school program to all eligible students, even if your kids, like mine, attend private school. Oh, come on back to the public school. Let us get our hands on you for six glorious weeks in the summertime. Now, he says he's doing this because of the learning gap that came in during COVID. And he may be. The problem is, it'll be the same teachers that those of us who have fled to homeschooling or to private schooling, they're the reason why we got out. And I think a lot of people will be like, no, no thanks. We have vacation scheduled. My kid, think about how hard it would be to get your kid up in the summertime to go to summer school. What do you think the attendance would be like would it be would it be 50%? No. Would it be 30%? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now what the most interesting aspect of this is is first and first of all I thought well teachers aren't going to like this. Teachers aren't going to like this because they're used to getting paid for working what 9 months out of the year, 10 months out of the year. They're not going to like this at all. But Scott Demaro, head of the Ohio Education Association, and by the way we're working on getting Scott on the show if not this week then next week to discuss House Bill 616, the Ohio equivalent of the Florida Parents' Rights and Education Bill. Scott DeMauro says he doesn't think finding teachers for summer classes will be a huge issue. Is anybody else worried that Scott DeMauro says his teachers will be more than happy to go in the classroom in the summertime? Now, he will tell you, well, see, see, this means my teachers are dedicated. This means my teachers really care about kids. The debate really isn't about whether teachers care, in quotes, care about kids. It's, for me, an issue of why do they care? Why do they care? Why do they care so much? What do they care about? Do they care about reading, writing? Do they care about science? Do they care about English skills, composition skills? Do they care about that? Or do they care about having, what do Democrats like to have? Well, they like to have conversations, right? We like to have conversations. We need more conversations about, well, my private life, and I'm sorry, but I can't discuss my private life without discussing my sexual identity and gender orientation and all those other aspects that creep parents out because why would another adult want to discuss 
private matters like that with your kids. So that's my suspicion here with the uh, apparent eagerness of Ohio teachers to spend their summers in the classroom rather than following the calendar that they have followed throughout their teaching careers, which is we teach until school is out and then we come back a couple weeks before school begins again and we reconstitute our lesson plans and our testing schedule and all those kinds of things. Um, I appreciate the effort to end the learning gap, but I don't buy it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.